Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We have seen chaos in the Middle East since the October 7th terror attacks. Iran, through its proxies, have continued to attack the United States in the Middle East, including recently a drone attack which led to the deaths of three U.S. soldiers. It's been reported that we thought that the enemy drone was a U.S. drone, so it was allowed to pass unchallenged. So what does this all mean for the future as Iran continues to ramp up these proxy attacks? We're going to ask Abe Hamaday. He's a former army intelligence officer who has served in Saudi Arabia. He's also been in combat with the Houthis, one of the Iran's proxies. So he knows a thing or two about this. He's running for Congress now in Arizona's 8th congressional district. So we're also going to get his take on the border as well, uh, running for Congress in a border state. What does he think about that? How concerned should we be with these terrorists likely entering the United States? I also want to get his take. He ran for attorney general only lost by a couple hundred points. A lot of it came down to the disruption that took place in Maricopa County. So what does he think about early voting and mail-in balloting? Should Republicans change or tune on that? All of that and more with Abe Hamaday, who's running for Congress in Arizona. Well, Abe, it's nice to have you back on the show. Uh, You are running for Congress, so I'm sure you're very busy right now. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Lisa. Good to be with you. So, you know, we just lost three U.S. soldiers in a drone strike in in Jordan, more than 40 wounded. It was reported that the enemy drone was mistaken for a U.S. drone, so it was allowed to pass unchallenged. Uh, You know, we also go back to that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, a lot of mistakes there, uh, which led to 13 service members being killed by a suicide bomber. Bomber. Are are, are military leaders incompetent or, or what's going on? Well, you know, it's tragic what happened with those three soldiers. And we have to remember just last week, we had two Navy SEALs who also went missing in, at sea and they were declared dead, Lisa. So I think what's happening is now you're seeing the Biden administration, uh, they're hamstringing the military. I think the military is in kind of in disarray because of the foreign policy being set by this administration. But when you saw, you know, we don't know, it's too early to tell where the attacks originated from, where this drone originated from. But 
you know, I actually served in the Middle East. I was actually in Saudi Arabia at the time back in 2020 and 2021. And we actually had incoming drones coming in from Iraq. And we had the missiles coming in from the Houthis in Yemen. So, you know, my intelligence assessment probably is it's originated from Iraqi militia that's supported by these Iranian proxies. So you know, that, I'm very concerned, though, Lisa, that this administration is not doing nearly enough to to regain that deterrence. And I actually am so scared that I'm not sure Biden can get strategic de- deterrence back because of how, his weakness. This attack was basically inevitable. I mean, if you look, we, we thank God, you know, the, in many ways, what's happening now, you had, we had over 150 attacks on service members since October 17, since Israel started doing their offense uh, against uh, Hamas. So. This was inevitable, inevitable because the Biden administration right now has been so weak in regards to Iran. And Iran is going to keep poking and prodding because they know that Biden is not going to be responding uh, in an in a, in a appropriate manner. So you know, look at how long it took him to classify the Houthis as terrorists, and it's still not the full designation. I mean, I think this administration is being run by a bunch of incompetent fools, and there are a lot of Obama holdovers. Antony Blinken as Secretary of State, I mean, if you, he just said, he admitted just yesterday that the Middle East is in the most dire situation since 1973. And that's, that's a huge failure considering what he inherited. He inherited the Abraham Accords by President Trump. The, the Middle East was very, very calm and, and actually going to, I think there's going to be a lot more peace agreements. So I'm concerned this administration is, is alienating our allies like Israel, like Saudi Arabia. They're emboldening our enemies like Iran, and they're going to be putting Americans in harm's way. And we can't forget there are still American hostages with, in, in Gaza right now being held by Hamas. So you know, our service members are at risk and American civilians are at risk because of this administration. And it's very scary uh, going forward. I, I really am, you know, I, my heart goes out to all those, the families of the soldiers and the sailors who have been killed right now. But, you know, unless something drastic changes, I, I think this is just the beginning, sadly. No, I, I think so, too. Uh, I mean, you know, Biden's has already kind of showed his cards and, and it's obvious that no one fears him anymore. And, and I, I'm afraid that I, I don't even think we're really viewed as a superpower anymore either, because clearly Iran doesn't think so. Clearly, Russia doesn't think so. China doesn't think so. Um, you know, so how can you be a superpower if no one else thinks so? Right. And if you look at the foreign policy disastrous going on in, in Ukraine, Russia, but you know, it all ties down to our border too, Lisa. I mean, our border is completely open, so our enemies are going to be taking advantage of that. It's it's so scary. And if you look at global trade too, you know, when I was serving in Saudi Arabia, you know, so many people have never even heard of the Houthis until a few months ago. Well, I heard of them because we were getting incoming missiles from the Houthis back then. And you know what Biden did was so inexplicable. I it, President Trump classified the Houthis as a terrorist organization, Lisa. And Biden, within his first month of office, decided to declassify them as terrorists, which was so unusual because we were still getting incoming missiles from them. And China, you know, when I was out there in Saudi Arabia, you know, Saudis, you know, I I was there under both President Trump and Biden. And the Saudis were very, uh, they were looking at the Biden administration, treating them, you know, Biden literally called them a pariah state. And the Saudis were telling me, now, we've had a long, you know, standing relation with the Saudis. And they said, you know, they were saying, Abe, you know, we could always go to the Chinese. So I think China right now is benefiting the most out of out of this complete disastrous foreign policy. But, 
you know, what you're seeing happening in the Red Sea with the with the global trade being affected by these ragtag rebels. I mean, the Houthis would be nothing without Iran. Iran has basically given them really sophisticated missile technology, which had the ability to strike within the heartland of Saudi Arabia, which has the ability to go into Israel territory and to disrupt uh, trade in the Red Sea. So, you know, all around, I think you're exactly right. We're losing, we're diminishing our role as that superpower. And it also has to do with our domestic policy too. When you have the sitting president's Department of Justice going after a former president, trying to get him kicked off the ballot, trying to ha have all these uh, indictments going on. I think it's really making the rest of the world look at the United States in a much different light. And, and I, I'm very concerned going forward that our enemies are going to take advantage of all of this. And it's a recipe for disaster this year. Yeah, I mean, the scary thing about where we are now is we have internal threats and like real mm -hmm. internal threats and real external threats. So it's sort of this like multi-pronged <laughs> you know, uh, incoming that we're facing as a country, if we'll survive it or not as, as a nation. Um, you know, how should we respond to the drone attack? What, what, what should that response look like? Well, you know, I think if you look at what President Trump and why he was able to have deterrence in the Middle East, it was, he, he, he meant what he said. And I think that's very important. This administration, they keep saying, oh, Iran better not do something. And then yet Iran keeps doing it. So when you look at what President Trump did, for instance, when Qasem Soleimani, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard commander, was in Baghdad plotting an attack on our American embassy in Baghdad, what did Trump do? He sent a missile to him right at the airport. And that was, you know, at the time, if you remember this, Lisa, everybody was talking about this might cause World War III. You had our allies even being uh, scared that this was an escalate. But it actually, it created a lot of stability because it said, you know, Iran, their response to that attack, I believe, was sending a few missiles into Erbil. But after that, it was nothing. It was very quiet. So this administration, I think what they need to be doing is, especially with the Houthis, I mean, the Houthis should not be controlling access to the Red Sea like they are. I mean, we need to be doing a lot more aggressive strikes on the Houthis. I mean, they're literally, right now, they're sending missiles and then we, we just respond in kind. Well, we need to be starting to take out their capabilities. So that is one of the first things. But also, we've been sending mixed signals to Israel, which has been very scary because they're trying to conduct this war in Gaza uh, against, the, uh, against Hamas. And I think the Biden administration understands that a big portion of their base has become totally radicalized and are actually sympathetic to Hamas. So the, Biden seems to be playing to, uh, politics with our foreign policy, which is quite scary. But, you know, I think, first of all, he should have not waited so long to classify the Houthis as a foreign terrorist organization. I was out there saying that they need to be classified as a terrorist organization back in October. But I think Biden was so worried about giving President Trump a victory that he was trying to delay it, delay it, delay it, and trying to make them de-escalate. And they have no intention of de-escalating because they have the upper hand right now. So I'm concerned about that. But Lisa, so many Americans don't even realize how many troops we have in the Middle East, you know, we have them in Iraq and Syria and Jordan, uh, and now we have, you know, patrolling the Red Sea. So it is, it's really frightening where we're sending so many mixed signals to our enemies, to our allies. And you look at Iran, they're going to be taking advantage of this. What I could tell you is we shouldn't have sent $6 billion on 9-11 of last year to the Iranian regime. But, you know, this administration, I think they have really misplaced priorities. And 
it's sadly our border. We, no, I keep going back to the border because you know we had a hundred and what seventy nine people on the terror watch list who crossed into our southern border. Those are the only ones that we know that were that were apprehended. You know, if I were the enemy, I'm an intel officer. I'm, you're always supposed to think like the enemy. If I were the enemy, I would be looking at exploiting our weakness, and our southern border is a major weakness. And it's not just a radical Islamist threat. I mean, you have China. Yet you, you have record numbers of communist Chinese. Uh, illegal immigrants cross our southern border. So everybody's going to be flocking in there. And I, again, this is, I, I am so, I, I think the United States position on the foreign state, foreign policy stage is probably one of the most dire situations, but it's all because, uh, you know, I think Biden is not really running this administration. I mean, you had Lloyd Austin in the hospital for, you know, nobody even knew he was hospitalized uh, for a few days. And uh, you know, it's really scary. Who who really is pulling the strings, Lisa? I think the American people need to know. I don't think it's Biden. Um, this deep state apparatus that is that the Obama, a lot of these Obama holdovers that are controlling uh, our foreign policy. I think it's. I think we're starting to see how how dangerous this is becoming. You know, but the Biden administration. Well, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, we're, we're like drawing red lines on a dry erase board. Is essentially what's <laughs> happening. Quick break. Stay with us. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know, Korean uh, Jean-Pierre was ripped for saying that the three U.S. soldiers died fighting for the administration. Mm-hmm. Um, as somebody who served this country, uh, what goes through your mind when you hear that? Do you think it's an overreaction to it or, or do you think that it's telling that this is what this administration thinks? No, it's it's very telling. It's 
it is shocking that she would even utter that word. You know, this is supposed to be the press secretary, so she's supposed to be very careful with her words and to say that they're, they serve this administration. You know, clearly that's kind of how they view their military right now. They're, they're using it as uh, politics. So, you know, again, if, why do we see record numbers of, of rec- record lows of recruitment, recruitment numbers in our military? I think a lot of Americans are looking at the leadership of, of our country and saying, well, why would we serve when we're not sure that they have our backs? We don't know what their st- strategic interests are. We don't know, you know, why certain uh, military personnel are where they're at. So, you know, this looking at what's going on, I've talked to so many, so many soldiers that I've served with, and th- you know, we talk a lot about what's happening with Biden, and you know, people are are scared, and it, it, it makes sense why we're seeing record low recruiting. I mean, I, I'm I'm they view the military as a tool for for their, for their politics. And this is the wrong approach. Clearly, Lisa, and you've been in this for a while. I, I've, I am very concerned what this administration is doing is really making a generation of people who hate our country and that they no longer want to serve in the military. You know, it, it was the greatest honor of my life to join the military, to serve overseas. You know, you build so much camaraderie and you're, you're supposed to defend the constitution of the United States, but we're seeing it here at home where the constitution is being abused for political purposes. We're seeing it abroad where we don't know who our allies are anymore, who our enemies are anymore. You know, I am, I'm deeply troubled by what this administration has done uh, to to the credibility of our, of the military institution. And it's going to take, it's going to take a while to try to recover from that. No, I, I, I fear that is the case. Um, you know, you mentioned the border, uh, which, you know, has become center stage of a lot of the conversation in the country right now. Uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is facing impeachment in the House. You know, who knows where it goes? There's tight votes. You know, we don't have a big majority in the House and we certainly will die in the Senate. But uh, it's pretty remarkable to have a Homeland Security Secretary who doesn't want to defend the homeland. Well, who's incapable of it too? I mean, he was out in Mexico trying to negotiate a deal, and they basically laughed him out of the room. The Mexicans did, the Mexican government. So, you know, it, what's what's really shocking, Lisa, is you're seeing Republicans on our side not united. Remember when they brought up the Mayorkas impeachment before? I think it was eight uh, Republicans that didn't vote for it, and now you're seeing the Supreme Court, two of them siding with the with the liberal justice wing to to not allow Texas to. Uh, secure their own border when the federal government refuses to act. You know, the Republican Party is in, is in pr- pretty dire shape right now. We are not united like the Democrats are. And I keep saying that to people. I wish Republicans had the same desire to save our country that Democrats have in trying to destroy our nation right now. So the border situation, you know, Mayorkas, I'm in favor of his impeachment. How could anybody look at what's happening at our border as anything but a complete and utter failure that seems to be very intentional? We had 300,000 people cross our southern border last month in December. Record numbers. We had had over 10 million people cross into our country illegally and are now in our country illegally in the last three years. 10 million people, Lisa. That's bigger than the state of Arizona where I'm at. It's three times bigger than the state of Nevada. And then for Biden, I think right now the Biden administration is holding our border hostage in order to try to pass legislation. And Republicans, I'm very, especially the Senate Republicans, why are we negotiating with our hostage takers right now? You know, the border 
if you look at some, we don't need new legislation. What we need to do is enforce the laws that are on the books. We need to revert back to the policies that were in place just three years ago under President Trump. The border was very secured back then. So I'm, I'm looking all around. Our enemies are going to take advantage of this. In my congressional district here in Arizona, Lisa, you know, we have the largest uh, semiconductor chip manufacturer that came out of Taiwan. They, they moved their, their manufacturing to my district. Of course, the Chinese are going to be sending in their spies through the southern border, which is happening at record rates. So, you know, you look, it's not just radical Islamists. It's not just these, you know, illegal immigrants who are looking for a better life. But there's, there's a lot of foreign adversaries that are going to take advantage and exploit our weakness. So our border situation is, again, you look, everything is on fire right now, Lisa. And I, I'm not being hyperbolic about that. I think we all recognize this is unsustainable. When you have New York City and Chicago, basically, you know, these are sanctuary cities, supposed to be sanctuary cities, about to crumble due to, due to the influx of illegal immigrants, which basically has imported, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of homeless illegal immigrants. It's going to put a strain on our resources. And it has. I mean, they're on the brink of total collapse in terms of of housing, in terms of of money. So this is this is going to be very scary. But I, I'm I'm looking at Congress right now and seeing why are we negotiating with the Biden administration? What we need to do is hold them accountable for what they're doing, not hamstring Texas for trying to take matters into their own hands because the federal government refuses to act. Do you think Americans are aware of what's happening at the southern border and the impact that it has on all of us in terms of, you know, terrorists coming over, fentanyl, the fact that it's going to make us poor as a country for, you know, funding millions of people who are going to be taking more than they're giving? You know, I, I think if you would have asked me six months ago, I'd have said most Americans don't have a clue about what's happening at our southern border, unless you're in border states like Arizona, Texas. But I think what Ron DeSantis and what Abbott have done by, you know, sending these planes and buses to these cities into Chicago and New York and into Boston, I think it's been a real wake up call. When you're looking at the citizens of Chicago and New York, you know, people, the black community, the Hispanic community, they're, 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 they're just as mad as Republicans. I mean, this is not a Republican Democrat issue. So I'm actually a little bit more optimistic in the sense that I think Americans are starting to see the border situation as really impacting their communities. And, you know, that's without even talking about fentanyl, which fentanyl has been plaguing so many communities across the country and killing record numbers of young people which, by the way, is being brought from China to the drug cartels, and the drug cartels are now sending it across the border. I mean, drug cartels are very sophisticated business operation. You know, they're smart, but they're evil people. And what they're do, they've, they've, re, they've realized they have multiple revenue streams. They have the drugs with the fentanyl, they have the human trafficking, and they have the illegal immigrant smuggling. So, you know, I think right now, because of the the leadership of Greg Abbott, of, of Ron DeSantis, of all these uh, states that are, are sending these illegal immigrants, which a lot of people were very concerned about that strategy. Remember back then, it wasn't very popular, even on the Republican side, but I think it actually is paying off in so many ways because when you have Eric Adams and Brandon Johnson complaining to the Biden administration and their citizens uprising against them, I think that is finally waking up these people who are, you know, before it was always this, they thought it was a right wing talking point, but now they're actually seeing the effects of it in their own cities.
I mean, nothing was better than uh, Martha's Vineyard where they're like, peace, love, coexist. <laughs> and then like they, they they were allowed to stay like a day. They sent them off. You remember that? They sent them off. And they, they, they thought they were just good Samaritans and they kicked them out of their city. But, you know, it, it, look at New York. I mean, you're seeing schools having to shut down because they have to house illegal immigrants. So now they have to go back to remote learning, which so many families can't afford to have remote learning where they, they have to leave their children at home. It's back to the COVID days because of the influx of illegals. Lisa, so the hypocrisy is on full display with the left. Right? Let's take a quick commercial break. More with Abe on the other side. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. My biggest concern about this election cycle uh, is, you know, one, we're going to be putting a lot of campaign money towards legal bills with all these indictments that uh, Trump is unfairly facing. And then two, you know, you look at the RNC talking about maybe needing a line of credit. I, I just I, I just worry that, you know, Democrats have just demonstrated they're so much better than we are at the mechanics of races and mail and balloting and ballot harvesting and just organization in that standpoint. And so I, I worry that we we win on the issues, but we lose on collecting the right amount of ballots. I think you're right. And I think if you look at the Republican primary, I mean, look how many hundreds of millions of dollars that was spent. And imagine if that money could have been spent to retake the Senate and to hold the House and to get President Trump elected. And you still have Nikki Haley campaigning out when she has no no legitimate shot or pathway to the nomination. So you know, and look who's funding that. So I think you're right. But, you know, something that's different about 2020 and 2016, Lisa, if you look at 
you know, in 2020, a lot of these third parties never made the ballot. You know, Jill Stein was not on the ballot as a Green Party in 2020 in Arizona and Georgia, Nevada. Um, and look how close those races were. But in 2024, Jill Stein is actually going to be on the ballot in all of these states. Um, so the margin's going to, it's all going to be a margin game. And RFK Jr. now in the mix too, which I think, I think he has a potential to take a lot more votes from Biden than people are estimating, you know, or some of these, you know, never Trumpers have another outlet to, 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 to vote for. So I, I, this is all going to be a margins game. And that's why the Republicans, you're right. They need to wake up very quickly. We need to be united heading into 2024. In so many ways, this is, I, this is a do or die election. How could our country survive with the weaponization of the rule of law when they try to take, take out candidates running for office? It, it is so scary. And I really, I implore on so all Republicans to stand united for what we believe with this America first movement that we've built. And, you know, we, we have to stop fighting with amongst ourselves, but it goes both ways. It's not just, you know, the MAGA side, but it's also the establishment too, who are refusing to recognize the reality. Who knows if Biden's going to be on the ballot in 2024? I mean, that's a very, I mean, people say it's a very realistic possibility that he's not going to be on the ballot. We don't know. Um, but you know, everything's at stake. I do have a lot more confidence that, you know, it, it really, so many people are waking up Lisa, because the mainstream media has really discredited themselves so significantly in the past four years, whether it was COVID or, or the elections of 2020 or in 2022. Um, and before we didn't have really an outlet and isn't it, isn't it crazy that it took a South African immigrant to save American free speech with Elon Musk purchasing Twitter um, so I think now people have a lot more um, news sources that they didn't have before. So that's why I'm a little bit more optimistic heading into it. We just need to make sure we actually motivate our people to go out there because you're right. The Democrat machine is very, very good at, at, at collecting these mail-in ballots, making sure their their side goes to vote. So we have to we have to start getting smart, but it's all a margins game. And I think the Democrats, why you're seeing them trying to unpretzel themselves with this Israel uh, Hamas wars, because there is a good base of the Democrats that are totally Marxist. And I'm not sure they're going to be voting for Biden even. So they might go for Jill Stein or RFK Jr. or whoever. But uh, it, it's going to be a margins game in 2024. I mean, I didn't have a problem with a crowded primary just because we don't have an incumbent. But I think at this point, you know, Trump has demonstrated that he's the strongest one in the race. And, and Nikki Haley has no, uh, I mean, there's just She's not going to win a state and she's not even going for Republicans. She's trying to win independents <laughs> and undeclareds and maybe Democrats in open primary. So it's like, the, you know, it's just like realize, you know, like DeSantis realized he didn't have a path forward. He did the noble thing and dropped out. It's like, you know, I don't know when Nikki Haley is going to realize that sh she's not going to win. It's time to, to bow out. Um, you know, I. Your election for attorney general, me, you, you almost won. Uh, you know that. First of all, that's got to be really frustrating and a tough race to lose, just being so close. Uh, secondly, a lot of it came down to just so much disruption mm -hmm. in Maricopa County on election day. Would you, after having gone through that, encourage Republicans to get out earlier, to early vote, to mail in ballot, and and really, you know, utilize some of these things that Democrats have done? Well, of course. And, you know, Lisa, we're still fighting our election lawsuits, believe it or not, uh, from 2022. What we discovered, we don't, last time I was on your program, you know, we were down 511 votes and actually now it's down 280 votes because of a recount. And there's still 9,000 uncounted ballots. Jeez. All of them are election day votes. 
which went 75% Republicans. We know we won that race. You mean my, this, you know, what's so crazy about my race, it was actually one instance where we have definitive proof um, of so many of the election shenanigans where we actually have an election where we have an office holder who did not win that race. But, you know, I would encourage people to vote early in person, I think is, you know, especially the ones who have a problem with mail-in ballots, which there is a lot of problems with mail-in ballots, Lisa. Um, but we have to play the game that we're given, you know, until we get into a position of power to change, to change and to restore election integrity, we have to play within the confines of what we're given. So, of course, we have to do early voting. We have to, we have to try to, you know, I don't care by any means. You have to go out and vote. I, I somebody who had a race taken away from them by 280 votes, you know, and especially with all the election day shenanigans, which, you know, I, I suspect it was intentional, especially now all the stuff coming out. You know, we have to get smarter at this. And uh, Democrats, you know, they're street fighters. Republicans, you know, we have to get we have to get a lot tougher on it. So I would encourage early voting by any means, whatever is available. You know, but I I do worry when you have election day voting, which I'm in favor of, but it needs to be done in a way um, that it's the rules are set in place. So that's why. You know, but I worry what happened in Maricopa County could happen again on election day, sabotage, right? Or yet 50% of the machines go down. And what happens? It suppresses our votes. Again, we were winning 75% of election day votes. So, you know, it only takes one instance for that to suppress the vote, especially in these close, close races. My, my race was 280 out of 2.5 million, the closest race in the country, the closest race in Arizona history. But President Trump's uh, margin in 2020 was... 10,000 votes, which is very, very narrow. I mean, that was, you know, it was, it was one of the last races to be called officially. So we have to, we have to really understand in order to change, in order to change, you know, how, how we vote in the future, we have to take back power. And you know, what I'm looking forward to is when I go to Congress, you know, one of the first legislations I want to introduce is to ban ranked choice voting at the federal level. Um, it's something that really confuses the voters. It, you know, I think it's an attack on democracy. I think it's an attack on election integrity. So we have to think like the enemy because they're always thinking of ways. And you know, we have to get a lot tougher with that. No, I think that's the right way to put it. You know, I don't like the game, but, you know, we've got to play it how it is until we can change it. Um, Abe Hamaday, appreciate you taking the time to, you know, get into all these different issues and, and making time for us. I know you're you're busy on the campaign trail. I know how that goes. So I've, I've worked on races, never been a candidate myself, but uh, I know it's a lot of work and you're working hard. So we appreciate you making the time. Well, thank you, Lisa. And I'm proud to be endorsed by President Trump. And if anybody wants to uh, go to my website to help contribute, they can go to abeforeaz.com. There you go. Thanks, Abe. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. That was Abe Hamaday. He is running for Congress in Arizona, Arizona's 8th Congressional District. Appreciate him making the time to join the show. Appreciate you guys at home for listening every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Until next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.